0: We got hand motions for this song, so follow along with everybody and clap along with us. Every move I make... for these bodies that you've given to us and for your amazing grace. Sing about uh, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we want to ask God to to be with us here this morning and uh, to build His kingdom here in us. So make sure you clap along with this song. All right. Please, yeah. your kingdom here and change our atmosphere in Jesus name amen
1: amen all right you guys can all have a seat and all the kids can come on up come on up well hello hello some special visitors today down from san diego looks like becca's cousins and then there's super caleb all right come on in how are you guys doing great good are you guys all well rested no how well guess what i'm gonna get you guys awake i used to work with kids your age all the time back when i was in hawaii and after school programs, we got to hang out and just play with you guys. One of the favorite games I got to play with kids was Simon says. So, with that said, Simon, yes, you love that game too. Perfect. Simon Ison, I'm looking right at you, buddy. <gasps> together. Simon says clap your hands together twice. Three times. Oh, you guys. Got... If you clap 3 times, you got to sit down. You got to sit down if you clap 3 times. Okay. Simon says, clap three times. Okay, sit down. Oh, Okay, all right, we're learning. This is good. Simon says, stand on one foot. Simon says, stand on the other foot. Okay, now Simon says, pick both feet up in the air. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> Simon says, hop on one foot. Oh, gosh, this is a bad idea. Okay, okay, stop hopping. Oh, Do you see any stop? I didn't. Okay, I know it's a little hard feedback. Okay, Simon says stop hopping, and Simon says both feet on the ground. You can relax. Okay, so this will be a challenging one. Ready? Say the Lord's Prayer. Oh, good job. Is it because you guys don't know it? You don't know the Lord's Prayer? Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, this is perfect because I'm going to teach you about the Lord's Prayer. Okay, you guys can all have a seat. Oh, Simon didn't say That's all right. Simon says sit say down. Good job right there. All right. Oh, I saw the speaker. Okay, so, here's the deal. Some of you guys may have heard of the Lord's Prayer before. Some of you may even know it. Does anybody know the Lord's Prayer, like, by memory? Wow. Wow. Pretty cool. Does anybody know, did anybody know when they were two years old how to say the Lord's Prayer? Like, may have still been in diapers. Like, when they were two years old? Okay, that's kind of weird. Well, I know somebody who's two years old that can say the Lord's Prayer. Now... (coughs) not one of my girls because they're four and one so that doesn't make any sense but almost one but what I have is somebody who said it by memory two years old her name is Zoe would you guys like to meet her Yes. would you guys like to meet her Yes. okay well you can't because she's not here but we can watch a video about her saying the Lord's Prayer by memory you guys want to watch that all right for those of you said no you can go back to your parents seats all right for the rest of you here is Zoe, 2 years old. Au fa da.
2: Wake up in heaven. Hello baby. I die me.
1: Da. Can any say it with that much passion? Can any of you do that? Huh? All right, well, oh, yeah, over there. Maybe afterwards you can show us, all right? Here's what I want to do. I want to ask you guys a question. Do you guys know what the Lord's Prayer is? Does anybody know what it is? You can't say it's the Lord's Prayer, okay? No, that doesn't work. It's what? It's words. It is words. It's heaven. It's very, yes, it's very heaven-focused, yes. What else is the Lord's Prayer? It's about God or Jesus, yes. In fact, that's a great segue, said. It is Jesus' words to us when his friends said, oh, Caleb, what do you got, buddy? It's when we pray to God. Good job, Caleb. Yes. Yeah. so it's, it's, it's Jesus' friends, disciples, followers saying, Jesus, how do we pray? What does that look like? How do we do that? And Jesus says, well, guess what, guys? Don't worry. I got it taken care of. You ready for this? And he says the Lord's Prayer. It's a very simple prayer that we can pray any time. Jesus says, pray to your Father. And you don't need to pray with like a ton of words or like think you have everything figured out. In fact, he says your Father in heaven, he already knows. He already knows what's inside of you. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what you need. And so therefore, pray these words. And then he teaches his disciples what the Lord's Prayer is. It's just a simple way to talk to God. That sound pretty cool? Yeah? You guys want to try it? No? no? Well, you have to, because you're here. All right, well, I am going to lead you guys in the Lord's Prayer, and those of you who don't pray it, oh, so sad, so sad. Okay, um, so go ahead and close your eyes, and you can just repeat after me. I'll just say a little portion at a time, you just repeat after me, and then we'll close our time. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. You heard it before. We all heard it. Yay. Good job for you guys. All right. Guys, we just prayed one of the coolest prayers of all time because Jesus told us to pray that prayer. Some of those words were kind of big. Some of them might be confusing, but the good news is all of the parents are going through a series right now through the Lord's Prayer. So anything you don't know, just ask them. Which means they have to listen very carefully now to the messages. Okay. All right, you guys are free to go, and so we're going to start with the youngest, the wee little ones. So let's have toddler and pre-KK stand up and head on back to that. Wait, Auntie Brenda, out that door. Oh, little buddy, so sad. Okay, and then we're going to have one through three over here with um, Auntie Polly, and we're going to have four through six. The rest of you are going to be back there with Uncle Eric. Good luck with that. And with that said, I think it is now time for announcements. Alright, now that the kids
0: have left or are leaving, let me ask everybody else to stand up and greet your neighbors.
1: Continuing the series, um, the Lord's Prayer, Um, Pastor Curtis kicked it off last week for us with the intro, and um, yeah, we're just taking a few weeks just to kind of slow down as we get into the busy holiday season and just kind of sit with. Lord's Prayer. Just sit with the words that Jesus gave us to pray to our Father. So um, with that said, you know, I wanted to start off this time. I know, you know, the kids always have so much fun. They get to play. Well, I want to have you guys have a chance to play too, all right? So don't worry, we're not going to do Simon Says. What we are going to do is, if you haven't seen it yet, on the back side of your notes, there is a word search, okay? Now, Raise your hand. Be honest if you've already started the word search. Be honest. OK. All right. OK. That's OK. Keep it up if you've already finished the word search. OK. So sorry, but you will not be a part of what we're about to do. Now you can sit back and enjoy. OK. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little competition. I loved word searches growing up. They were so fun. And the cool thing about it is everybody can do a word search, right? Crossword puzzles are a little trickier, but everybody can do a word search. So we're going to do a word search. Well. Um, what I wanted to have is a competition with two winners, okay, so the first winner for today's competition, obviously the first person to finish it, but it's going to be specifically the first youth to finish it, okay, so if you're a high school or middle school or youth, wherever you're sitting, you can be one of the winners, and that makes the odds increasingly in your favor, heard that somewhere, or the second winner is going to be the first adult to win, anybody that's not a youth, okay, so I hope you haven't circled any yet, if you've already circled some... Ah uh, I don't know what to say. I see some circles already. Maybe maybe like a 20-second a delay. You guys decide what's fair, OK? But I think personally you should have a completely blank word search. Am I right? Am I right? OK, all right, because uh, did I say we have a prize? We have a prize. We have a prize. So with that said, the lucky winners are going to get 2x bars. So here we go. Ready. Set. Go. All right, Everett's done. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> if you've already started and you want to like finish and just say you're done for bragging rights, you can do that. Done. done. Good job, Luke. Good job, Everett. <laughs> Are you done? Like, did you finish? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Just sit back and relax. I'll put a warning next time. Don't start this until the message begins. Coming up on one minute. Can anybody finish it before one minute? I'll be impressed. All right. Who is that? Who is that? Oh, good job. And you did not have any circled before we began? Hey, let's hear it for Pat. Good job. Good job. I trust you. I trust you. No, no I'm not that kind of a teacher. Did you, fin- did you have any circle before? Witness? Hey, let's hear it for Matthew. Good job, buddy. Good job. Oh, come on. Okay, so here we go. So if you didn't notice... The words that you were searching for, or maybe you're still desperately trying to finish, that's okay. Um, The words that you were searching for are directly from the Lord's Prayer, specifically from our verse today, okay? Now, I just wanted to kind of get us focused on our specific context. So the first two words you saw were Lord's and prayer, and then the following was verse 10 from our Lord's Prayer. And what this particular verse says, and you see in your notes, if you flip your notes around now, you're going to see the Lord's Prayer from beginning to end, and you're going to see in bold the verse that we're focusing on today, which is simply verse 10, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And so today we're going to just ask one big question, and hopefully find an answer, and that question is going to be, what is it exactly that we are saying to God when we pray that his kingdom come, and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is it that we're saying to him? What is it that we're really asking of our Father when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Okay, so with that said, if you haven't already, have your bulletin notes out ready to go, if you want to open up your Bible, this particular text is from the New King James Version. Um, There's a bunch of different, obviously, translations out there. We chose this one, because this one has the cool ending. So, um, deliver us... From the evil one, it says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. They don't all say that, um, but in a few weeks, um, Pastor Curtis or Pastor Jerry will explain why they don't all say that, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're doing is New King James, um, and we're going to be focusing on, again, verse 10 today. And so what we'll do is we'll break it into two parts, and, and first we're going to look at simply the three words, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. and we're going to ask, what, is, what does that mean, your kingdom come? So, so what is it that we are saying to God specifically when we pray Your kingdom come. Well, we'll see here in our first main point that when we pray that God's kingdom come, we are essentially saying to God, God, we desire your kingdom to be the only kingdom. We desire your kingdom to be the only kingdom. We're saying to God, we want to see your sovereign rule here on earth. And that's the first blank there. For your notes. God, we desire your kingdom to be the only kingdom. So, Jesus himself says, Your kingdom come. He tells us to pray, Your kingdom come. What is his definition of God's kingdom? What does that mean? What does Jesus mean when he says, God's kingdom? See, he talked a lot about the kingdom of God, right? In fact, one of the ways he did it was something that I learned at a young adults retreat back when I was in my undergrad in Hawaii. We did a young adult retreat up on the north shore of Oahu, and it was so fun. We were out on the beach at night, and one of our late night activities was to find buried treasure in the sand. And so me and our group, we got to, um, you know, once the clock started, we got to start digging and finding buried treasure in the sand. What we were digging up was actually different puzzle pieces. Different puzzle pieces that when you put them all together, it formed one of Jesus' parables about the kingdom of God. It was the parable from Matthew 13 when Jesus says the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So it's so cool because here we are, right, in Hawaii, under the stars, at night, on a beach, and we're sitting with this parable of this man who discovers this treasure Puts it back, goes and sells literally everything that he has, that he owns, that he possesses, so he can come back buy this land, buy this field where this treasure is. And we were asked the question, are we willing to give up everything that we have for this treasure? For the kingdom of God. And so what is this treasure? What is this kingdom of God that we're talking about? That Jesus, again, talks about over and over and over again. I have a question. Does Jesus ever define the kingdom of God? Does he ever define the kingdom of God? Anyone? Anyone? Not that I've found. I haven't seen a definition. Does he? Yes. yes. kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, That's very good. Thank you, Andrea. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm wrong. Okay, so there goes the message. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. It, 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 is, it is a lot. Again, it's one of the things he talks about the most, and there's themes all throughout the Gospels that he talks about. But yeah, so that was good. So I'm going to give my definition. We'll see how it contrasts. Um, I'm going I'm to say simply this, that God's kingdom is simply God's kingly power exercised over creation and people. God's kingly power exercised over creation and people. And so what that means is essentially that God is sovereign. He's in control. And if we read through the Bible, and if we were to pick a particular theme of the Bible that has like the biggest overarching theme throughout Scripture, it's going to be God's kingdom. Because at the very beginning, what do we see? In the beginning, God Created. He created heaven and earth. In other words, He was in charge of creating. Therefore, it's His kingdom. He's in control of it. He goes on to say that He created people. And what did He do? He lived amongst the people. He was with Adam and Eve in the garden, walking with them, ruling with them, in relationship with them. And so we see that from the very beginning of Scripture. And then, if we were to fast forward all the way to the very end of Scripture, in the very last chapter of the last book, Revelation chapter 20. Two. Good job. Is that you, Daniel? All right. All right. Chapter 22 was the end of uh, the very end of the Bible. We see there a similar theme. We see, we see God in his sovereignty reigning and ruling over his creation in relationship with his people. In fact, I want to read that passage to you. It's just a few verses, but it's this beautiful picture of God in full control in full power reigning And us in relationship with him, being with him. And so what I want to do in this passage, it's a very um, almost poetic passage. I want us to kind of sit with it. So you can actually just kind of sit back, relax, just kind of receive the words. Close your eyes if you'd like to kind of picture yourself there, because we will be there one day. It's a promise. But if you'd like to close your eyes and remember that as we read the book of Revelation, it says at the beginning that those those who read it and those who hear it are blessed. So be blessed in the reading of this passage. So Revelation 22, starting at verse 1, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. There will be no need of the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen? that's it. That's God reigning and ruling over his creation perfectly in perfect harmony, right? And did you see that? How, how at the beginning when we see God reigning, he's with his people ruling in the garden. And what do we see at the end? Ruling, reigning with his people in a garden surrounded by trees, surrounded by rivers. It's cool. It's very peaceful. I think that's the word that I see when I hear that is peaceful. And so then the question is, well, this looks really good way down on that end, and that looks really good way down on that end, what about all this stuff right here in the middle where we live every single day? What about that? Well, unfortunately, as we read that story, if you didn't catch it, it was actually verse 3. It says, amongst this beautiful description of everything, it says, verse 3, no longer will there be any curse. Here's the bummer. We're living in that curse right now. We're living in the curse, okay? And so it's hard because we're in this tension where, where God... Here he is at the beginning, fully reigning, ruling, sovereign over all his creation. We see it at the end, reigning, ruling, sovereign over all his creation. In the middle, we're stuck with this kind of a a fuzzy glimpse of what's really going on. Because at times it seems like he's in control. At times it seems like maybe he's not. So are we really, are we actually living in God's kingdom right now? Are we actually living in God's kingdom right now? I think the answer that we can best see right now is sort of. (laughs) And here's what we mean by that. We're certainly living in God's kingdom, right? But there is something in us, something around us called sin, called the fall that affects our every single day's lives. It affects us. It's all around us. Sin, it's essentially our rebellion to God. It's our choosing to say no to God and yes to our own gods, yes to our own ways. It's us saying no to him. And so we experience the result of the fall every single day in life. We experience it externally. We see it in in wars that are going on throughout the world, in famine that's taking place, in in people in authority, right, that we have a hard time respecting or trusting. We see it internally, right? We see it through physical or mental illness. We see it through our broken relationships with others. And in, in, in so many other ways, we see the effects of the fall coming out right here in the midst of this beautiful picture at the beginning and this beautiful picture at the end. We're in the midst of this fall. We're in the midst of this curse, But here's the good news in the midst of all that. The good news is that Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God to earth. He came to bring the kingdom of God to earth, or as Dallas Willard puts it, Jesus came to overcome the human kingdoms of this world at the individual, corporate, and governmental levels with love, justice, and truth. Jesus came to essentially shatter all the kingdoms in the world, and he's doing it. He's in that process. He's in the process of bringing about what we would say is the fullness of God's kingdom because we're currently in God's kingdom, but we're not experiencing the fullness of it because there's still this curse that we live in the midst of. And so when Jesus says, Here's how I want you to pray, and he says, Pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done. He knows exactly what he's saying. He's saying that we need to pray to have this come about. In fact, what he's saying is, You get to partner with me because Jesus says, When he returns, In Revelation, it says that when he returns, he's going to bring the fullness of the kingdom. And until then, we get to partner with him to bring about that fullness, to experience it come here on earth. So what does that look like? How do we apply such a big, grand prayer, your kingdom come? Well, we're in an interesting season in our country, right? In a couple days, there's going to be a big decision made. Um, There is a passage that I think is so appropriate. Pastor Curtis alluded to it last week. Uh, it's First Timothy 2, 1-2. First Timothy 2, 1-2. If you want to open your, your Bible, you can. I'm going to read it. And I think this is going to be a great application specifically for how do we pray your kingdom come? How do we pray this prayer? So 1 Timothy 2, 1-2 says, I urge then, first of all, that all petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, or in our case, for presidents, and all those in authority— that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That we may live peaceful lives. Again, right? Like the picture we saw in the garden at the beginning, the picture we see at the end. There's this sense of peace, right? Of shalom, of living with God. God and man together in perfect harmony, apart from any sin, apart from any curse. And that's the picture that it is that we're desiring right now, right here. And so we're going to go through, inevitably, a lot of trials in the next four years, right? Right? Whether it's Trump or Clinton, whoever ends up winning, it's going to be a very difficult season. But here's the cool thing, is I believe that in praying a prayer like 1 Timothy 2, in praying for those in authority, in, in praying and lifting them up to God, and praying that God would, would lead them, that I think, personally, I think at least three things can come about in a prayer like that. Probably many more that I'm aware of, but at least three things. I think the first thing is that it reminds us that God is sovereign. It reminds us that we don't have to put our trust, our faith, our hope in our country, in our president, because we shouldn't, because we can't, because, again, they're just one of many kings and kingdoms that have come and gone throughout the centuries, but there's one king, there's one kingdom that's reigned forever and will reign forever, and that's God's kingdom. And so we're reminded in this kind of a prayer that God's sovereign, that he's in control. Secondly, I believe that it can actually bring peace about externally, like we were talking about, that it actually can minimize warfare and and things that are going on that prayer actually has changed experiences throughout history and there's no reason to believe it can't now and so prayer can bring about external change in the hearts and lives of our leaders of our of our president even And, and perhaps it might not change the way we want it to but certainly the third thing that this prayer can do it can bring about peace internally it can bring about a peace that nobody or nothing else can shake And for all of us here now, I would encourage you guys to really sit with us the next few days because it's going to be so easy getting sucked into all the news articles and all the reports and everything that's going on. Guys, we have a God who's way bigger than all of that. Way bigger than all of that. I know I need to be reminded of that all the time. And so I think at least those three things can come from a prayer like this. But again, what we've seen here in our first point is that when we pray that God's kingdom come, we are essentially saying to God, God, we desire your kingdom to be the only kingdom. Okay, now, let's move on to the second point. And the second point is going to be essentially asking the question. In light of desiring God's kingdom to be the only kingdom, what does it mean to pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What does it mean to pray God's will be done? Well, we'll see here, this is our second point, that when we pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are saying to God, God, we submit... Our will to further your kingdom. We submit our will to further your kingdom. Or in the Old English of the King James Version, we're saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. That's essentially what this is saying. So verse 10 in its entirety is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are invited to not only live in God's kingdom, but to further it, to further His kingdom alongside Christ Jesus. In fact, in his book, Jesus' Greatest Teaching, Christian psychologist and author Bill Galtier summarizes well this invitation to live in and further God's kingdom. Here's what he says. I love how he puts this. It's so simple. Jesus is inviting us to come to God through him and into the spiritual reality of God's kingdom of love. It's a wonderful place to be and an incredible power to live from. It's a world that is glorious and eternal. Jesus welcomes us to bring into the Trinitarian Trinitarian family universe our problems, our job, our relationships, our trials, our opportunities, our very lives. Living in God's kingdom, that actually sounds really good. Living in God's kingdom here and now, being open to God's kingdom, furthering it alongside Christ, that sounds really good until we heard that one word, the S word. Did you guys hear it? You just wrote it down, perhaps, submit. The word submit. We don't like that word. We are so resistant. I don't know about you, I am so resistant to the word submit, right? Because we're giving in, we're giving up everything that we hold dear. And here's the thing. Back in the garden, submission was easy. To submit to God's will was easy. Of course, they eventually didn't submit, but that's a different theological discussion to have, okay? In the end, it's going to be extremely easy to submit to God's will, as we see forever and ever Again and again in passage we see forever and ever, we're going to live with God and one another in perfect peace and perfect harmony, fully submitting ourselves to God because at that point, guess what there won't be anymore. There won't be a curse anymore. There won't be sin anymore. There won't be this thing within us that says, I know what is best for me. In fact, we'll see God for who he is and we'll say, wait a second, I actually realize how much he loves me and I actually realize that whatever he tells me to do is the absolute best thing for me. And that will be the case one day. But right now, here now, there's this tension and it's this word submit. It's to submit our will to God's will. It's a hard thing to do. And so here's what we do. We don't, I don't think we do it very blatantly. I don't think we say, no, God, I don't want to submit to you. I think it's much more subtle. I think it's when we wake up in the day and we say, okay, what am I going to get accomplished today? What is on my calendar today? What are my plans today? I do that, I do it all the time. I wake up and I just, I just start going, right? It's not until God hits me and says, oh wait, Ben, don't, don't forget, I'm here, I'm sovereign, I'm ruling, I have a perfect plan, open to me, and experience my kingdom, not your kingdom. I don't know about you, but I often find myself resistant to God's kingdom and I actually kind of like to create my own little comfortable bubble, my own little bubble kingdom, if you will, in my own little world, kind of not being open to, to God's kingdom. This idea of, a, of, a, of living in a, a bubble kingdom, it's kind of like, what would be a good example of a bubble kingdom? Living in Irvine, living in Irvine. there you go, yeah. whoa, hi, What well, about that? <laughs> living in Irvine, I didn't say it. Um, it's kind of like living in Irvine in a bubble, right? Kind of like, kind of like living, I hope this works. Living in a bubble. Whether it's Irvine or I'd say anywhere in Orange County, really, right? We're kind of living in a bubble. We're kind of living in a, I would say, somewhat of an artificial pretend, happy-go-lucky world. And that's just, I mean, what it is, okay? I think there are so many things that we're given in this life in Orange County that no one else has that we think we're better off because of it. We're so deceived. So, So here's what it's like. So, it's like if we were to live in our bubble kingdom, let's pretend this is me, okay? This little Lego dude is me, big white beard and a cape, because that's what I hope to be wearing in 50 years, okay? <laughs> now, I need your help. Do you mind holding this real quick? Because I have no way to get this in otherwise. Okay, so, do you mind? Thank you, sir. Drop them in. Okay, thank you, Daniel. You are awesome. Ah, okay, so, <laughs> like a doctor. Okay, so. This is our bubble kingdom, okay? We live in this bubble kingdom. And here's the cool thing about our bubble kingdom, is nobody else can come in our bubble kingdom, right? We're all alone in here. We could do whatever we want to do in here. And so, so here's, here's the thing, is Jesus is talking to us about living in God's kingdom, right? In fact, our passage today, the Lord's Prayer, it's found sandwiched right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, right? It's chapter 6, Matthew 6. Matthew 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. This whole sermon is talking about what it means to live in God's kingdom, Right? We talk about how to how to love others, how to how to do things, but Jesus is changing the Old Testament, right? Not changing, and he's he's making it more clear to the people. He says, you've heard it said, don't murder, right? And so they get all legalistic about it. He's like, no, I'm saying don't be angry at your brother or sister, right? Or or for instance, when Jesus calls us to love our enemies. See, here's here's the thing, is that in God's kingdom, we have to love our enemies, but in our nice little comfortable bubble kingdom, we don't have to love our enemies. We can just love the people that are around us that we really like, right? We don't have to love those that are kind of cranky or mean or rude or cut us off on the road or work with us and our bosses that tell us what to do. Not Pastor Curtis, he's a great boss. But you know, <laughs> there's lots of, there's lots of people in our world that are hard to love. But the good news is that in our bubble kingdom, we don't have to love those people. And as we all know, kingdoms never are static. They don't just sit still, right? They either grow or they shrink throughout history. That's what we see. Well, our bubble kingdom also grows as we live in our bubble kingdom gets a little bigger, a little more roomy, a little more comfortable, or so we think. I that God, strangely, wants my bubble kingdom to be pierced. You guys ever get that feeling that, like, there's a nice, little comfortable world, and God's like, uh-uh. He might not do the piercing, right? He might just allow the circumstances to unfold that allow the piercing, but are you ready? Are you ready for this? I know, it's not. Now, I'm going to do a countdown, so you guys are ready. Three, two, one. Ah, oh, man! <laughs> And I only had two balloons, so I couldn't practice this at home. So, all right, hold on. And we live more in our bubble kingdom. And it gets really thin on the outside, hopefully. I should have sharpened this. Okay, and God wants, oh, you guys are, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. This is like torture. Three, two, one. Yeah, all right. And God wants our bubble kingdom to be pierced. I'm just going to, right here, as a reminder, okay. So, he wants our bubble kingdom to be pierced. What does that even mean? What does it mean? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all have. Oh, sorry, I fell on the ground. So they're there. Whatever. Okay. We all want. We all want to live in this bubble kingdom. He he wants to. I think, create circumstances around us, or kind of just let them naturally unfold, so that that bubble kingdom gets pierced. Now, this is what we talk about when we talk about submission. It's saying, God, your will be done. It's saying, God, yes, yes. I have been kind of creating my little bubble here, my little comfort bubble kingdom, and I think I need this bubble kingdom to shrink, if not altogether, pop. But here's the crazy thing. If you're like me, you're going to think, yeah, that sounds good, but uh uh-uh, right? At the end of the day, no. We're probably just going to kind of keep our little bubble kingdom because we don't really want that. We don't really want to submit our will to God's will. I want to tell you something interesting here because... Jesus actually said the same thing. Jesus Christ said he didn't want God's will for his life too. And this is where I think the gospel can become a little uncomfortable at times because, wait a second, Jesus can't do that. He's not allowed to say that. He's God, right? Well, he is, but he's fully man. He's like us in every single way, except for the sin part, right? He's like us in every single way. And so he's going to also experience this tension, of being perfectly obedient to God and saying, well, it can become really difficult at times. In fact, there's one point in his life where he's praying to God in the garden of Gethsemane right before he's about to be arrested and brought to his death on a cross. And here's what he says. It's in Matthew 26. He says, He brought his disciples with him. He brought Peter, James, and John a little closer. And then he took off to go be on his own with the Father. And he says that he went a little further. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. The cup symbolized his death, his death on the cross. If it is possible that this cup be taken from me. Jesus' desire, his his core desire right then and there is I do not want to live out the will of my Father because it's going to be uncomfortable, it's going to be painful. If it's possible. Now, fortunately, that wasn't the end of Jesus' prayer. But he did pray that. We can't forget that. We can't move too quickly to the next line because we have to sit with the fact that Jesus was honest with the Father and he said, I don't want this. And yet, he goes on with his next line to say, yet not as I will but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. He was open to whatever it was that God had for him. There were many circumstances that brought about the cross. There was was this tragic yet beautiful mixture of God's sovereignty mixed with our fallenness that brought about his death on the cross. And just like Our bubble kingdom being pierced. So Jesus himself was pierced for us. In fact, in Isaiah, in Isaiah, centuries before Jesus ever died on the cross, he was prophesying about this very moment. And what did he say? He said, Isaiah said that Jesus, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. But again, that's not the end of the verse, right? That was the end of the verse. It'd be a very sad tragic death, and that would be the end of Jesus. No, it says that he was pierced for our transgressions, but then he goes on to say that the punishment that brought us peace was on him, that through Christ we have peace. Again, there's that word peace resounding throughout this picture of God's kingdom, and that by his wounds we are healed. We are healed of all the effects of sin, externally, internally, that through Christ we have experienced this healing that comes about. And in other words, well we can summarize Jesus' actions here was that when Jesus submitted His will to further God's kingdom, His submission brought about eternal freedom from the bondage of sin and death to all who believe in Him. Pretty cool, huh? pretty cool act of obedience, and a pretty cool result of that act of obedience. Because the truth is, is that when we feel our bubble kingdom being threatened, the immediate response is, uh-uh, no good. I like my comfortable bubble here, and I want to do whatever I can do to keep it. But if we truly trusted God like Jesus does, we're going to say at the end of the day, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, but your will be done. And what do we get to see then? We get to see God work through us. We get to partner with Jesus to bring about the fullness of of God's kingdom. I don't know any other way to live than that. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so with that, I think it's good to sit now with this reality because when Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done, and he's pierced, he's piercing something in the very core of us. God is piercing something in the very core of us, and here's what I think he's piercing. I don't think he's piercing our dreams, right? I think, in fact, he's going to use our dreams, use our desires for far greater things than we ever could. But I think here's what he's piercing. He's piercing us so that we have the freedom to be and become exactly who he has created us to be. He's piercing us so that he can allow us to be the people who desire to see the furthering of God's kingdom. Piercing us so that we can be people who love, genuinely love our enemies, who genuinely give to those in need, who genuinely pray who commune and who be with God. Praying for people who genuinely love God and genuinely love others. And so with this, again, kind of, well, what do we do with this part of the prayer now, right? How do we apply your will be done? How do we apply that practically to our lives? Well, I think it's, I think it starts again with Jesus's example. What is the first thing he did? He was honest with God, right? He he came before God, which first of all, right, Jesus says, in Matthew 6, when you pray to the Father, not if you pray, so the assumption is we're already praying. Well, for many of us, that's going to be our first step, is you know what? I haven't really even been praying. This prayer thing is hard, because when I sit in silence, all this stuff comes up out of me, all my desires, all this this my own little kingdom stuff comes up, and and I don't know what to do with that. Well, what do we do with that? What did Jesus do with that? He was honest, right? He talked about it. He talked about it with God. God, I don't want this. I want what, I want what I have. Jesus, right then in that moment, you know what he wanted? He wanted his life. <laughs> he wanted to breathe. He wanted to walk. He wanted to talk. He wanted to have a relationship with others. He did not want to sit on a cross, be hung on a cross, and pierced through. And yet he did, because that was God's ultimate will for him. And so that's for us is our first thing in this is to say, God, is to say, I, I actually don't want your will to be done. And it's through that honesty, it's through that, that relational. Honesty and intimacy with God that then we can say the words, not my will, but your will be done. Then we can honestly say, not my will, but your will be done. It's saying, God, we submit our will to further your kingdom. It's that there's two kingdoms battling right now, mine and yours, and I want your kingdom to win. I want your kingdom to reign. And so let's look at our notes real quick, the message notes at the bottom. And the second point there, there's some blanks. You see loving, giving, praying. This is going to be an opportunity for for you now just to kind of sit honestly with God and talk about maybe a couple different areas where you can practice this this honest talking to God about how it's hard to, for instance, love somebody in particular, somebody you might be thinking about. It's hard to to give. It's hard to to pray. But that you can talk to him about that. And so right now, just, just take a moment and just sit with this now and write down somebody that you can think of that you have a hard time loving. It might be somebody you work with, somebody um, you see just every once in a while. Maybe it's somebody that you live with. Maybe, maybe you don't feel comfortable writing their name down. That's fine. Write, write down something that reminds you about that person. Because maybe this is God's calling for you right now, is to love this person. To live in God's kingdom, to further it by loving this person. And then the second one there, giving. So it says giving blank to blank. In other words, what is something you can give and to whom can you give it? So giving what to whom? Maybe it's giving financially to someone that you know is in need. Maybe it's giving relationally. Maybe it's just being with someone that you know is very lonely in this season. Maybe it's serving, giving of your time and your effort to somebody who you know needs actual practical help. Who could that be? Write that down. If there's something that comes to your mind, go ahead and write that down. And then lastly, praying for. Now this one's more more broad. It could be praying for an individual person. It could be praying for a corporation, like we talked about earlier, or even a government, our government. We're going to need a lot of prayer the next few days. But we're going to continue to need it. How can you enter into this kingdom lifestyle now by praying for someone. And, and again, you're praying to the Father. You're praying to the Father. But as in First Timothy, we're interceding on behalf of others. So who can you be praying for in this? We're going to close this time, as we did with the, uh, with the children. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together. So, um, In fact, I'll invite the, the worship team to come up as we do this prayer. Um, but we're going we're gonna to just read it straight from the bulletin, that particular translation. We're just going to read through this as a church to close our time now. So if you have your notes and um, you have them there, go ahead and get them out. And let's pray this together as a church body. And it's, this is how this was intended to be done. Our, it's, it's not my father in heaven, it's our father in heaven. So together as God's people, as his family, let's pray this prayer together.
0: We're going to continue worshiping the Lord together, as giving back to God. Times ask I just to get ready to come forward and giving back. We're going to pray the Lord's prayer. Really appreciated that little film of Zoe singing the Lord's prayer, and this this version is uh, not exactly those words, but the uh, the thought of it and the intent of the Lord's prayer is in this song. We're going to sing it together. It's called Here as in Heaven, as in heaven.
2: The atmosphere is changing now. For the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here.
0: Sing that again, the atmosphere.
2: The atmosphere is changing now for the Spirit of the Lord is here. evidence is all around, that the Spirit of the Lord is here.
0: Of God fall fresh on us. Let's all stand together.
2: Spirit. over
1: receive these words. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen and amen. Have a blessed week.
2: Back. We're going to pray the Lord's prayer. Really appreciated that little
0: film of Zoe singing the Lord's prayer, and this this version is uh, not exactly those words, but the uh, the thought of it and the intent of the Lord's prayer is in this song. We're going to sing it together. It's called "Here as in Heaven."
2: here.
0: Let's sing that again, The Atmosphere.
2: The atmosphere is changing now For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all The Spirit of the Lord is here. Spirit of the Lord is here. Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with
0: Spirit of God fall fresh on us. Let's all stand together.
2: Spirit of God fall fresh. your love, your love surround. Overflow in this place. Overflow
1: receive these words. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. And amen. Have a blessed week.